0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Digital Madvertising Podcast. My name is Chris Clark. Got my co host with me, Karthik Nair. This podcast, we talk about All the trends, all of the happenings in the digital marketing and technology space. Today, we've got a lot on our plate. We're going to be talking a little bit about connected television. We're going to be talking about Elon Musk and Twitter. We've got some consumer shopping behavior insights and suggestions that uh, we'll dig a little bit deeper in towards the holiday season, but we're going to start teasing that and so much more. So sit back, enjoy, and uh, we'll be with you shortly. All right. What's going on, everybody? Sitting here with Karthik Nair. Karthik, good morning. It's 936 on October 6th. How are you, dude? Doing
1: pretty good, man. Good morning.
0: Good morning. So you survived the hurricane, right? Yep.
1: I think we uh, Charleston got the least of it compared yeah. to what Florida has.
0: Yeah. Last time we talked to you all, we were uh, sitting in our studio, and a hurricane was literally right outside the window. So uh, thankfully, Charleston was spared. Uh, some places down in Florida got it really bad. So again, anybody that's listening... Thoughts to you all. Um, hope everybody has uh, got some power and whatnot. I've experienced that personally with some family in the past. Hurricanes are no joke. So, um, think we got a lot going on, man. Um, obviously, this industry doesn't stop. Um, you've been talking to us right before we got on about just a lot of things over, um, you know, in the Middle East in regards to some eSports stuff. We were just talking about some connected TV. Uh, it seems like Elon Musk is uh, in the news all the time, whether yep. it's uh, Twitter. SpaceX, you name it, um, but you know from your standpoint man what what is uh has really you know popped up in your your feeds over the last few days? I think uh a mixture of stuff that you had
1: mentioned, but I think this week's biggest news is that uh Elon Musk is going back into buying uh Twitter and at a finalized share price, so uh with him kind of talking about concerns over uh, fake users and fake bot uh accounts. Um, Twitter has um, extensively tried to control on uh, kind of analyzing that so it might be a way for Twitter to actually kind of scale up so even Twitter's price went up by 20% in the last two days since they announced that uh, Elon Musk is coming back to on his deal. So that's pretty interesting. And then there's uh, also stuff uh, around the world that's happening, like Saudi Arabia, hugely investing into uh, gaming conventions and just like a gaming industry in total. So it's pretty interesting to see what's happening around the world.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, this industry is so interconnected. I feel like that's the beauty of the Internet. Um, You know, we are technically one because we're all over the space. uh, Well, to a certain extent in, in most countries, but... Let's talk a little bit about uh, Elon and Twitter. Um, You know, again, Twitter is a platform from a marketing standpoint. It has a lot of really amazing tools. Um, then Twitter has a lot of, you know, wild, wild uh, use uh, use case experiences as well from individuals. But ultimately, Elon and Twitter uh, a handful of months back had entered into a agreement to have Elon purchase Twitter. So again, one of the most powerful men in the world, uh, SpaceX, Tesla, uh, he proposed to buy the company and originally uh, or agreed price early on of $44 billion. Um, he again had brought in, you know, his Worries of bots, which again, if you've used Twitter, um, they're a shit ton. And again, Twitter is utilized for, and all social medias, you can have good and bad. But ultimately, looking at the the millions and millions of bots, I think like, I, I know Karthik, it was me, you were talking like, I think Justin Bieber, or let alone like some of the biggest followers out there on Twitter would lose millions of followers right off the bat with something along the lines of this.
1: Yeah, because Twitter apparently suspends more than 500,000 fake accounts per day. So imagine that just having in the space itself. So I think Twitter since um kind of Elon Musk kind of going back has actually made improvements one working on their bot control uh second uh they've created more spaces for like podcasts audiobooks there's apparently also rumors that they're gonna have a tiktok style like video reel that they're gonna be having uh, since twitter is a big source for news and world media uh content there's a good chance that um Twitter's prolification in kind of uh, the rest of the world might just become bigger with this. And I think the reason why Elon was going after Twitter first uh, in the first kind of uh, instance was because that he did mention that it was the last kind of uh, free speech social media space that uh, really needed to be uh, an open source. So. It's kind of nice what Twitter has done since, kind of being basically prodded by Elon Musk's uh, curies.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, to go off of that, they... uh a lot of people could see this almost as a, uh, a stall tactic or a delay tactic with Elon because them or himself and Twitter are supposed to be going to court in a couple of weeks in Delaware. Um, and, and I don't know especially why Delaware, but, um, they were literally headed to trial and with Elon kind of sending a letter to the Twitter board, uh, with his intentions of buying, uh, now again, you know, this is potentially postponed this trial, pushed back a little bit. So, you know, we'll keep you up to date, but, you know, Karthik had mentioned, um, Twitter's stocks had basically been halted uh, for for basically two days or since the news. But once it resumed trading, uh, you know, Tuesday the 4th, it soared 22% and closed, like you said, at $52. So uh, that man, when he tweets or talks, moves mountains. Um, so him acquiring Twitter, uh, a lot of people are interested to see if it's, uh, you know, a good thing or a bad thing. But like you said, he's ultimately moved them in a way that they're yeah. cleaning up some of the bullshit.
1: No, definitely. And I think uh, that's what I think. Twitter just has made it a little bit more. Uh, they've made improvements within their space just to make it a little bit more relevant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about connected television. Let's talk about cutting the cord. Um You know, we can dive really deep into this. This is something in regards to our agency um, at Digital ignite, we we've been doing connected TV for a while now. And so if you're unfamiliar with what connected television is and again, we want to enlighten individuals that may be working. Uh, in marketing, brands are just trying to grow, so forgive me if you are familiar with this. But again, connected TV is your smart TVs, your TVs that, again, have all of the programming, whether it is a, a Hulu, a Roku, uh, an Apple TV, basically any of these types of televisions that you're able to place all of your streaming um, apps. And over the years, every single publication, publication, brand channel has a streaming app now. So you've seen all of the major NBC, ABC, CBS's, you have your ESPN's. I mean, you really, all of this started a while back with your, your Netflix's and your, your Roku's and your Amazon fire sticks, but ultimately connected TV is Anything that is within a television, your smart television that is not linear or traditional. Now, again, you can buy that information there, but those smart TVs with connected TV, we are simply streaming content from whether it is a provider, like I had mentioned, or you have your YouTube TVs, your Hulu's, all of that. Um, But basically... Individuals have been cutting the cord for the last five plus years. Um, I don't know many people that still have traditional television, but the power of connected TV and what you're able to do with it, how you can layer data onto it, how you can kind of pinpoint geographically where you're trying to serve messages. Um, it's like no other. And there's been a standpoint just over the last few uh, years of the education of it, but it is still a young channel. And so that growth and the collaboration is still, uh, it's being nurtured, but the uh, possibilities are endless with what we can do with this. And so Karthik, with you and, and some of the connected television campaigns that you know, you've know you run in the past or what you're seeing here um, at Digital Ignite, in your opinion, what is some of your favorite things about connected television?
1: Right now, I think with uh, connected television, Television, there's just a whole host host of options right uh, Kantar said that there an average household has at least like four to five like subscription services that they're doing at any time like think of about I know for myself like I've got Netflix Amazon Prime there's Hulu uh, Disney plus Plus. And just like two, three episodes ago, we talked about how Netflix and Disney is entering the game. Uh, Netflix trying to come down with like a cheaper uh, low cost alternative, which will have ads. So like advertising services has just grown so much because now there's even more options for you to target just better consumers who are interested in one type of content um, because of all of these different platforms, just trying to get in front of uh, consumers and more or less because of the kind of uh, the large size of the industry and how many players are working within it, there's a lot more options right now to uh, just find advertising in front of all of these
0: consumers. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, with connected television, it's, it's again, it's the wild, wild west of advertising with digital marketing. And all of these, these products are just thrown out left and right um, based on Again, this this looks like it'll work. It'll work. Let's put it out there. Streaming has been something that we've seen coming. Video is dominant now. I remember being in sales pitches or, or strategy sessions with companies in 2017 or 2016. And we were like, by 2018, 90% of what you're gonna be out there serving out there is gonna be video. And really the ability to to tell stories, to be able to get in front of audiences strategically with a video uh, ad is so important. But there's been complexities within connected television as it's grown. So basically, the difference between you know a connected television buy and let's say you're buying from a local TV channel or a major network, you've got to go to that major network and you've got to cut a deal. And so with that, you're getting certain amounts of placement, spot time on that channel directly on that placement. So potentially the individuals hitting that or watching that content might not be relevant to you. And so with the connected television advancement and where it is nowadays, to be able to leverage data and to pinpoint how you're able to place that video to the core consumer that you're trying to target, it's amazing. But it, like I mentioned, has been the wild, wild west. And so we utilize platforms through our programmatic platforms, whether it's our our demand side platforms, the trade desk, um, we've used um to mogul which is now adobe in the uh excuse me to mogul in the past which is now adobe that was a straight up only video platform uh and numerous other demand side platforms but what those have done is they've allowed advertisers to come in and basically what we talked about in our last podcast find that siloed data so based off of um potential consumers, you can target them based off their behaviors and and demographics, but also more so based off of now, all of these different streaming entities, they have sold their inventory programmatically. And so our team can come in and a la carte select specific, let's say, if we're working with a a sports team and we want to uh, push a little bit heavier on some specific sports inventory, we can. Or if we have a fashion brand that we're working with, we want to make sure that we're hitting some inventory that is relevant to uh, them channel-wise and then also behavioral and demographic-wise.
1: And uh, one of the things that I've seen more is there's been more technology involved in just the video services. So Hulu ads right now, there you can display a barcode that you can uh, scan right then and there. It'll take you to a landing page. Uh, a lot of some of the bigger brands are already utilizing it like State Farm and uh, some of the like Geico also I've seen ads where they just display a barcode and you can automatically, if you're using an Apple TV, it will automatically send it to this phone or this email and i think if you're displaying value like that in your ads through like whatever uh streaming content you're doing uh, there's a way to engage your uh your customers in a more experiential way which is turning into the norm where um Consumers are looking for more kind of activity, more uh, engagement with the brand they're trying to, you know, uh, either have a following for or have some sort of a loyalty to.
0: Yeah. And and just kind of pull in some more nuggets um, from just some of our, our providers. But eMarketer forecasts that there will be 109.3 million households with the CTV or CTV access by the end of this year, which equates to about. of U S households. So, I mean, again, that's a massive number. I mean, look at, look at just the difference in the last 10 years. And so as linear and traditional TV phases out, again, it's still important inventory and it's still out there and you're still going to be able to utilize that. And I'm not, you know, using this as a death rattle for TV, but ultimately, I mean, the, 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 writing's on the wall with this. So, um, there's a few other, you know, statistics that I was able to pull, but it was showing like traditionally events that were, you know, reserved for linear TV. So let's talk about the world cup coming up. Um, people that, or brands have paid buku bucks years in advance to buy these inventory or buy this type of inventory. And so now with, uh, Q4 CT viewership, with these, the world cup coming up and all of the other different sports, uh, entities or, or events happening the inventory is selling like crazy and so uh, NBC Universal has shared that it's sold almost 90% of its 2022 FIFA World Cup advertising advertising inventory uh, months ahead of the the tournament so I mean that's, that's strictly like streaming inventory so you're seeing brands now shifting already which we've known but you're now seeing it like these juggernauts of like we'll think of maybe like a Coca-Cola or Budweiser I mean I'm talking American brands yeah. there's going to be massive massive amounts of overseas brands too coming into the table but um it's just different now like waking up back in the day when i'd watch the world cup in germany you'd watch it on tv at six in the morning Mm -hmm. you're getting your local tv ads it's going to be a very different experience for you coming up here in november
1: and um that's also one thing like i think more people are okay with seeing ads just because you can get it at a lower kind of tier cost and um there's also like partnerships like spot for students spotify uh if you have a spotify membership uh as a student you can get hulu free so which is a pay uh, like there is a uh it's an ad based uh kind of tier itself but Uh, It's an engaged audience who's willing to watch ads that are relevant to them. So with CTV, you get uh, primarily more, you're able to deliver to a more relevant audience who is more uh, basically approachable with ads who are more engaged with it and will resonate with if it is kind of targeted towards them. So uh, you have more likeness than just a TV ad that just uh, kind of displaying at one particular time when they have high viewership.
0: Definitely. And I mean, if again, if you are a marketer, a person that is working within a company or a brand, and you're looking to get into connected television, programmatic DSPs are amazing, uh, you know, pipelines. Uh, if you have A relationship already with a traditional or linear tv buyer um they have inventory as well but if you're working with an agency make sure you talk to that agency about that inventory available because a lot of the time going straight to the demand side platforms you're going to be able to get that inventory uh for a better price than compared to going to the uh traditional side where they still have to mark that up a lot um all right. Well, let's dig right into uh, live shopping. Karthik, you were just kind of enlightening me a lot of this uh, based on some of the stuff that's happening in China. And now it looks like TikTok is said to be launching some live shopping in the United States. So what's going on?
1: Yeah, no, um, live shopping, I think, is huge in uh, China and some of, uh, some of that, part, that side of the world. Can you give our viewers, our, our
0: listeners, like what, what is that?
1: Okay, so think about QVC, but on your phone. So, you know, people are displaying their products. You can bid on it actively. You can buy right through when they're displaying it. So you just open up your chat feature and just say, I want this product. Uh, there's local uh, businesses here in Charleston that do it. They do weekly uh, live shopping live videos on Facebook and then you just message them or you uh, put out a comment that says, I want this product. And then they reach out to you. So there's ways that smaller brands and like Etsy stores have really leveraged this in the past. But I think the way TikTok is trying to come, uh, they initially tried to r- release it in UK, but it didn't really work that well. But I think, uh, the US audience is just a little bit more, uh, willing to like, you know, purchase on, uh, impulse, try to find like a really good yeah. product. Um, and I think especially with brands, say like a specific uh, brand that has a high volume, say, let's take um, Sephora, Sephora does a big deal, they start going live shopping, and they're doing a deal on all of their makeup or just some of their cosmetic items. Uh, there's a good number of uh, kind of an engaged audience that will tune into it. Maybe they find something that they really like, but they haven't purchased it in the past. Now, because you're explaining the product, you're showing, uh, you're showing how it looks on a model, or just showing like a live product demonstration. There it's immediately they can choose to buy it right then and there, get uh, delivered to their doorstep in like two days. So I think live shopping TikTok has really um, kind of invested a lot into making more uh curated for the american market uh than it was kind of tailored for the chinese audience um is another big social media uh kind of movement over there they've really leveraged that with uh seamless like digital transactions just like how apple pay works i think tiktok is going to include like venmo cash app and uh apple pay as a way to make it more streamlined so that you can have that very instant access to consumers who are willing to purchase your product that you're demonstrating at that point.
0: That's it's a, it's a really cool, um, uh, thought and, and idea of like what these companies are doing and it, and it shows like with TikTok um, they are they're smart they're hunting for partners uh, per ad week um, here in the United States to, to outsource those those features and so right now it looks like um, a report from the Financial Times shows that they've been talking with a company out of California called Talk Shop Live mm-hmm. um, and these individuals basically have built an infrastructure for live shopping uh, features for TikTok and it'll allow creators and brands to sell goods through videos on the platform um, they take it commission from the sellers for providing the service and TikTok will likely cover the cost for the initial phase of the project. So they've been working, um, with some investors right now. Um, and it looks like they've raised about 6 million in a seed extension since last year, but haven't really finalized any of the terms per this article. So, um, you know, there's little information about when the feature will go live, but this is sick. I mean, for me looking at just how the, experience of live, um, anything nowadays within your, whether it's your mobile device or just, um, uh, you guys remember, um, the uh, the quiz show that came out yes. a couple of years ago.
1: I've mentioned that so many times. Is it comes on right at three o'clock? Yeah. Or 6 um, o'clock.
0: As, and I, I was going to say like Scott, uh, Quiz Daddy, um, what's up? But um, yeah, I, I'm having a blank on the, the the show. But again, that that was like revolutionizing um, the time because you would have two time periods a HQ. day. Yeah, yeah. HQ. Good lord, man. What is up? We actually got a shout out one day uh, from Scott on there. Uh, That's so our awesome. team, we'd all pause and play. And uh, I won one time. I won a little bit. It, like 175 cents nice. um but that type of um you know technology and idea it was so young then yep. but seeing it then we're like holy moly the ability to be able to gather large groups of individuals in a live you know chat like that or a live experience shopping why not there's there's i've seen actually and, and have a conversation tomorrow with a, a gentleman that is starting a news source like that where everybody's their own news Wow. again, positives, negatives of that, but ultimately everybody has the right to you know say and do what they want in, in our country, but um, it's just wild what the technology is enabling individuals to do, and so with the thought of being able to add um, shopping. Uh, opportunities like that it's huge for brands
1: yeah and uh I think if there's value within the content that you're gonna be delivering live or whatnot uh people will respond like just talk just talking back to like HQ I remember when jumanji uh the movie was getting released rock had come on the air oh, that's to, right, uh, he's guest host. yeah he was a guest host and that uh I remember that uh, just one episode that came like on one day had like five million yeah. uh, people who tuned in but um, it's funny that TikTok is now trying to uh, kind of push huge into live shopping. When, as of I think October first, Facebook has stopped their live shop, like live shopping feature. There, um, even including Instagram, but Pinterest, Twitter, they've all expressed interest in kind of going into that market. But TikTok, since they've already had such a big foothold on the short form video content, it just makes more sense for them to like directly dive into kind of live shopping.
0: Yeah. Well, the uh, wars of the streaming and big social apps continue. So, we don't want to take too much more of your time, uh, coming up over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about holidays. So we've got, you know, it's October 6th, we've got Halloween coming up. Um, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about like, uh, Karthik and I were talking about Hocus Pocus and mm-hmm. Disney's, uh, you know, ability or, or trying to get more streaming eyeballs over to them. I think that's, you know, give a quick little summary of that really fast, actually. Yeah.
1: So I teaser. think, um, take Halloween's, uh October is basically the month of Halloween. There's uh, each and every content space right now, like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, they've all got curated titles that is kind of specific to this uh, holiday content or this holiday atmosphere. Hocus Pocus 2 is coming back on Disney+. Plus. That's a big thing because I think... Uh, Hocus Pocus, when it first came out, was one type of an audience that's now emerged into uh, either home homeowners, uh, parents, this completely new set of audience that also has their kids that they want to watch it with. So it's one, it plays on two biggest forms of advertising, nostalgic advertising and uh, kind of experience role. So now they can experience it with their kids, their uh, kind of their friends again but they're also being nostalgic about how they used to enjoy it back in the day. This, for brands, also could really be influential, just thinking about how past uh, Halloween kind of markets were with uh, specific types of, you know, we're all waiting for the costume stores that pop up around the corner. So I think it just... uh resonates with the consumers when you have kind of curated content or curated kind of promotions. Cause right after Halloween, comes Thanksgiving, there's going to be a lot of Thanksgiving content Golf that's going to be around right? there. Yeah. yeah. Hallmark uh, Hallmark now has a, a connected TV app as well, but uh, Hallmark is probably going to do a lot of stuff on there. And I think it's just resonating with uh, what's going on in the kind of market at that time. This year, especially is a little bit nuanced because of kind of the recession and the pandemic and everything, there's a lot more less maybe uh, spendable income in the consumer's pockets. But if uh, you do kind of are able to uh, cross over and be able to reach out and be able to kind of show value in your product, there's a good chance that, this is the time that they will convert. I
0: was going to say I think you're going to see people be a little bit more creative in how they can get that content out there and I think the the ability with social media and some of these other uh ways to reach people you're going to be able to uh leverage people's trust and that's uh that's a big factor and we'll we'll talk about some of these uh these consumer uh, behaviors and, and um, just in regards to holidays, uh, we've got some Halloween stuff coming up. I think we can talk in regards to how Halloween and brands have shifted post-pandemic, so we'll, we'll share some spooky details there. Uh, we'll dive into some uh, Black Friday and holiday shopping with some of our, um, our our team members, and we may have a special guest join us as well. We'll, we'll tease that coming up in future episodes, but um, y'all, this has, uh, again, been fun. Karthik, thank you so much, man, for, for pulling a, a lot of this information together and uh, you all don't see him, but we've got Connor Sage back here uh, producing and making all of the music. So again, everything that you're hearing is coming from Connor. He's uh, super, super talented Louise. in everything that he's doing, man. So he's making all of the, <laughs> the magic happen. So y'all please, this is our, our third or excuse me, this'll be our fourth episode. So give us some love, please. Like we're, uh, we're pushing it out on our social channels. We're doing a little bit of advertising ourselves, but share it with your friends, your family. If you have anybody that works at a company, is looking to learn just a little bit more about this world, where we are in advertising, let them listen to it, share it with them, and then go give us a subscribe on the podcasting network, Spotify, Apple, all of those good places. Follow us on social media at Digital Ignite. And if you want to learn more, we've got an amazing team here in Charleston and we'd be more than happy to sit down and talk to you about that. That's Digital Ignite, digital-ignite.com. Hyphen or Dash ignite.com. Karthik, thank you so much for the time today, man. Yeah. All right, y'all. Until next time. Peace.